0: Everything is fighting against me today, but I made it.
1: I'm so glad you did. As Thank am I. Here. Welcome to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure, Matt.
0: Lexa, I have some very important uh, news to give oh. you before we get started. Oh no, um, what is it? I, it's, I wanted to ask you, actually, did you hear about the rapper who's in the financial crisis right now? No. His name doesn't come to mind, but um, you know, all his financial information was leaked uh, <gasps> to the media. And, you know, he made a statement to the press. I believe it said something to the effect of, how could you post Malone?
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This has been Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. All right. I'm out. (laughs) Bye.
0: The final episode.
1: (laughs) This is how it ends.
0: (laughs) That's it. That's it. Oh, my God. So here we are. We are alive in a post Oscars 2023 world. We made yeah. it.
1: We yeah. did. Um I uh, did you watch the Oscars?
0: First question. I did. I watched the majority of it. I mean, of course I, thought I read the It was about a very entertaining
1: episodes. year. I thought it was very well done.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, for for all the complaints and uh, you know the the valid <laughs> the valid complaints about Uh, Jimmy Kimmel and some things he's done uh, over the years. It seems like he does something every year that just gets under people's skin. Um, He was entertaining. He's a good host because he does it literally every night. So he's he's got it down.
1: Yeah. And I think he has just enough edge and and everything. It's not too much, you Mm -hmm. know, over the top. Um, I don't know. I think he's a pretty good host. And I think knowing that they were going into a year, you know, after last year, It was so sketchy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, They needed a safety. And he definitely brought that to the table. But I guess their viewership was up, too. So I think it was
0: up.
1: like 20% or something crazy like
0: that. I think you're. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I I get it because people wanted to see how um, they would address the slap from last year and everything.
1: I, I mean, I don't I don't know if that was it. I really don't. And because I think that largely people have forgotten about that, I Mm. really do think people tuned in this year because they cared about the actors and the films involved.
0: Well, I'll I'll acquiesce and say I believe it was a combination of both instances. And I say that, you know, because the whole thing with the slap going on, we just got through that Chris Rock special and Mm -hmm. that got amazing like interaction online and everything like that because people wanted to hear what he had to say about it and yeah. I feel like you know that being so close to the to the airing of the Oscars that reminded people that kind of refreshed their memories true. like oh yeah that's this year let's see what happens you know well, that was last year let's see what happens this year you know
1: true true
0: yeah so I mean but yeah you're right there were so many feel good stories going into this um I don't remember an instance in recent history where we've had so much of this telegraphed um, from the award shows leading up to the Oscars. I'm talking Mm -hmm. from the Golden Globes on. It seems like every single award ceremony got more press than usual.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just, it was a, it was a combination of, there were some really good movies out there this year, um, some really good performances and just, people that we care about. And so there was just a lot of press. Like you know, I don't I don't think anyone I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think anyone cares about the movie The Whale. They just love Brendan Fraser. And yeah. they just want to see him do interviews and and you know, be sweet and everything like that. It's not the movie. Like it's it's him <laughs> and his, and yeah. his performance. I still haven't seen it. It seems like eh. The premise seems kind of fucked to me. Like, yeah, and
0: I mean to be fair, like with most of the movies that um, you know are heavily nominated, I normally don't see any of those like heavy-handed yeah. films either.
1: Yeah, it really just depends. But everything, everywhere, all at once, I think was one of the few films in a very long time that was the audience choice and the critics' choice, and I think that's a yeah. very rare thing. Um, for the Oscars. Usually they pick that type of movie like, you know, that's just an art house film that no one's seen that like is not what you think is going to win and everything everywhere at wants is just, it's weird. It's, it, nothing about that movie should work and mm-hmm. yet everything works perfectly. Um, It's just, it, it was, you know, it was phenomenal and everyone was so excited to see it win but it, it, was not ultimately surprising for me, at least that it won because it was such a, a an impressive film on so yeah. many levels.
0: Yeah. And I think it was timely, incredibly yeah. timely as well. We're all getting through this stretch of time where a lot of us are, are distanced from family members that we were yeah. close to at one point And, just trying to rekindle that connection. And the characters in this film are going through that as well, of course, in a very bombastic supernatural mm-hmm. way. But I mean, it still rang true.
1: We're, we have an, you know, entire generations here who are trying to break generational trauma. We have, you know, there there's, you know, stories of not just immigrants, but children of immigrants. Like that's, that is, you know, these stories are poignant. They're yeah. incredibly important there's diversity on screen there you know it's just and behind the camera um yeah i i was happy to see it win best picture i thought it was going to win best picture going into it mm-hmm. um i i thought that you know the actually the, the one that surprised me was i really thought austin butler was going to win best actor
0: um, yeah for the narrative at least you know
1: I just, I don't know why, like, yes, Brendan is the favorite as far as fans are concerned and everything, but Austin Butler, you know, had an incredible transformation. I really think the thing that hurt him, I think it might have been a little bit closer, but I think the thing that ultimately hurt him was the combination of, it just might not have been his time, like, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Brendan's time, and him having that accent, like people yeah. mocking him for it and i would i kind, and i might be wrong about this people might not agree with me but i kind of viewed it as i was like this guy's kind of fucked up after doing mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. this is like the remnants of that and he's got to, mm-hmm. he's gonna have to shake that that's kind of messing him up like kind of like how years ago jim carrey remember how jim carrey like did Man in the Moon, and then he was messed up for like a really long time after. Oh yeah,
0: that that documentary they had yeah. on Netflix is just so yeah. like jarring when you watch that so long after the fact, you know.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Austin Butler kind of had the same thing where it's like it's this real person, and you've surrounded yourself completely with them, and he did it in isolation, in COVID, in another yeah. country, away from everyone. Like this man was just awful and his mother had just died like he was going yeah. through the trauma of his mother dying. like there's a lot of stuff that i think kind of messed him up and we shouldn't you know praise that or put that on a pedestal like I, you know it should be a situation where like he you know if he does have a lot of trauma for it, he should get help and everything but like yeah i feel like it almost became a joke and i was watching it going ah this doesn't feel like a joke to me this feels like he you know he went to a very dark place and I, I kind of was like, uh, I I hope it improves for him. You know? Yeah.
0: So do I, I mean, you know, love him or hate him, love the movie or hate the movie going through all that. So early in your career is a lot Mm -hmm. for a a person to have to deal with. And you know what? It's never a good time to go through that much in your career. When you, when you put so much of yourself into a character, when you become so closely associated with that character that people don't see you, they just see someone doing an act, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty messed up. And the parallel to that is Angela Bassett in a lot of ways because yeah. she was so closely associated with Tina Turner after her amazing performance and yeah. What's Love Got to Do With It. People could not see her without seeing Tina Turner for a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a good transition into probably the most I would say the most controversial um award of the night,
0: yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of conversation about it, and I mean, I when it comes down to it, you have to you have to keep in mind that this award show is not about merit. It's about deals. it's about moments. It's about who they feel deserves it. Who has earned it, not just for the movie at hand, because we've seen so many instances over the years of Oscars going to projects and people who it just doesn't really seem like they deserve it or it's just way too soon. I mean, Heath Ledger did an amazing job as the Joker, but you can't deny the fact that him passing away really, you know, came into play with him winning Best Actor for Mm -hmm. that role. You know, like I said, he did an amazing job, but they it was... A I mean, but they,
1: they didn't give Chadwick the Oscar. They didn't.
0: The year they didn't, after but he, he wasn't even nominated. And yeah, that's still taboo. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, but was. it's still taboo for like comic book, you know, characters to win. Uh, you know, people that portray comic characters to win these, these awards, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, you take into consideration that he's black and, you know, how the awards are about that sort of thing, too. So it's... Yeah. I mean, he, he was situation. nominated
1: for, what was the
0: movie he was nominated for? Was it Thurgood? Chadwick Boseman. I'm looking it up. Um, okay. I feel bad that I don't know offhand, but he did I a lot like of like, nominated high profile multiple films. Times,
1: but that could be incorrect.
0: Yeah. But he did a, he did a lot of high profile films back to back. He did, of course, Black Panther. He did Thurgood. He did uh, the Jackie Robinson movie. He did... Um, oh. uh my goodness.
1: He was he nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
0: Which was a fantastic film as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, was it his best performance? Personally, <laughs> I don't think it was. But I think it was a great performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I
1: I remember being surprised that he did not win that, though. I really thought yeah. they were going to give him that that award.
0: There are a um, lot of things at play, though. With, with Jamie Lee Curtis and everything, too, she's... She's played ball for so long, you know, and I feel like they, 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 they decided it was time for her, mm-hmm. like she deserved it just for her body of work, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't, I mean, they do give lifetime achievement awards though. A lot of they people do. said that like, it's a, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I was happy to see her win. Um, but I understand it upsets, it upset a lot of people.
0: Um, Angela Bassett is so beloved by, you know, people in general. And then of course, with, with her wins leading up to the Oscars, people were surprised by her not getting it that, you know, that night.
1: There's always a surprise that that's a, that's a thing, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so she won Academy Award. Uh and then I'm now looking up Angela Bassett because I'm curious how many times she's been nominated because I think this was Jamie's first nomination as well. Mm. It was like first nomination, first win kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well when you think about the the high profile Angela Bassett
1: does not have an Academy Award. What the
0: fuck? That's what I'm saying. That's just it. She does not have an Academy Award. And she's been in some incredibly high profile films. You know, she was in Malcolm X, that's she was in Waiting to Exhale, ridiculous. you know, Akeela the Beat. All these movies that more than should have earned her, of course, what's love got to do with it. All these movies that should have earned her a statue. And Yeah.
1: That's the one that surprises <laughs> me. What's love got to do with like how did she not win that year? Um, I'm trying to look up who the fuck won that year because see, that's that goes all
0: the way back to what ridiculous. we were saying about um Austin Butler. You know, it's just when Mm -hmm. you become that character, for some reason, people just don't, they don't give that as much credit, I feel. James Brown is who I was trying to think of. He did that James Brown. Oh. Um, Yeah. Okay. I
1: I found, I found the year that Angela Bassett lost, uh, which was 1994. Mm -hmm. Um, She was up against, Holly Hunter is the one who won. She won for the piano.
0: Oh, yeah, that was one of those you know. drive movies that I didn't see at the time because I was yeah. a child. Uh. Yeah, so it
1: was Holly Hunter, um, Angela Bassett, Stockard Channing, Channing for Six Degrees of Separation, Emma yeah. Thompson for The Remains of the Day, and then Deborah Winger for Shadowlands. Mm. It's very clear Angela Bassett should have won that year. No offense to Holly Hunter, but that was also the same year that Anna Paquin won for The Piano, which was the youngest recipient.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or second youngest. So
0: right. they try to carve out these feel good moments. And mm-hmm. you know, when they when they were preparing to announce the awards for best actor, uh, best supporting actor and actress in, in the same breath, mm-hmm. and Ki Kwan won uh, for supporting actor, I kinda had a feeling at that moment, like I don't think Angela's gonna get it. I think they're gonna say, All right, this is the feel good moment, and then this is us, you know, paying our dues and giving it to Jamie Lee. <laughs> <laughs> after all yeah. that was said and done. And I just want to give a special shout out cuz she hasn't really been mentioned much but somebody I talked about like way way back a few episodes ago, Hong Chao, who was in that movie with Matt Damon, Downsizing where he became that like tiny little Ant-Man mm-hmm. person. I mentioned when I watched that movie like it's a terrible movie, but she was like the shining star of that film. And ever since I saw her in that movie, I have noticed her in so many other projects. She was in the Watchmen uh, HBO series. She was in Poker Face. She was in the yeah. menu. She was in the whale and she got nominated for that. So I think she's got such a bright future ahead of her. We have not heard the last from Han Chow. She is going to be big because no, I mean, she acts her ass off. She's great.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, there were some some, uh, some surprises. Um, quite a few films were nominated for several awards, and didn't get anything. Hmm. Elvis, The Banshees of Inertia, like all of those, did not get any awards. All um, All Quiet on the Western Front won a ton, um, <clears throat> and that's a movie that I don't think a lot of people have seen. That was like, yeah. in my opinion, the art house film. And and honestly, it probably would have won more awards had it not been a foreign film. Like I feel like that if it was an American film, it would have won best picture overall because they seem to be giving it everything. But I feel like they they felt like they could give it best picture for a foreign film. Mm-hmm. I would say international. It should probably be called international film, but that's just my opinion.
0: Right. At this um, point, I mean, what's foreign, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. But like it, you know, it won that award. So they felt like they could give the best picture to another film. You know what I mean? But like, I feel mm-hmm. like they nominated it for both. Um, I was almost a little bit concerned that they were going to give both to that mm. film.
0: Yeah. That would have been an upset too. I know people wanted that feel good moment. And again, we got that cherry on top. Like, like, The conspiracy theorist in me, which is not that much of a stretch in this scenario, wants to say that they wanted to keep on providing these feel-good moments throughout the night for this award ceremony because of what happened last year. They want to reestablish the prestige. They want to give you a story to tell, you know? No,
1: I disagree. Okay. I I think that's interesting. But I, the, I truly think they're doing it because they want the ratings. <laughs> they're yeah. they're choosing, um, and not to say that the people who didn't win aren't incredibly deserving, and in the film that won is not deserving. But they they went with a critic, or I'm sorry, a a people's choice as well. Yeah, as as like critically acclaimed. Well, and, we're saying
0: the same uh, yeah. thing, kind of. You know, we're- oh, you think, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like when they gave when they had the uh you know the, the audience choice Oscars last year, which thankfully Ugh, they didn't yeah. do again this year because that was a mess.
1: That was so funny though.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the don't think You don't think, you don't think
1: Justice League should get an Oscar Matt? Come on.
0: <laughs> Not only Justice League, but old slippery foot flash running yeah. and, and saving the time stream or whatever the fuck he was doing. I don't even remember.
1: That one aged very well.
0: Like milk. So they they (laughs) decided not to do that again. (laughs) Which, little side note real quick, fucking Zack Snyder is teasing something on Twitter Mm. um, that's going to happen at the end of April. Uh, Mm. I I hope he's going to make a film for the Church of Latter-day Saints and just throw everybody for a loop Uh, and call it the dark side of Christianity. And that's what he's been teasing all this time.
1: That would be funny. That would I'm be- looking at his. I'm looking at his uh, his Twitter right. I'm gonna follow him so that I can keep track of whatever the fuck's going on. His little save the date. Uh, I'm very
0: curious. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll see it if you if you dip a toe into Twitter and you've looked up something about comics or, or participated in a conversation about comics at any point. The Snyderverse will find you. You don't have to seek yeah. it out. They yeah. will track you down
1: um yeah
0: so anything else about the oscars anything else jump out at you
1: no no not really there were just i you know i i thought it was very entertaining um i liked it i thought they did a good job
0: yeah me too i think even with the presenters like the only clunky moment i believe was the whole emily blunt and the rock coming out and trying to do that whole thing where they're (laughs) you know kind of jerky to one another, but it's supposed yeah. to be like they're frenemies. It didn't really work on that stage, especially because it seemed like the teleprompter, they were having issues with that. And it just came off like they were both annoyed at each other, which wasn't
1: yeah. the we were doing before. There's yeah. always one presentation, I feel like, that happens. They just, right. it falls so flat.
0: And I mean, it's fair, it happens, but when you are normally so orchestrated as someone like the rock you need that rhythm down or else you just don't come off looking like a good guy
1: yeah i agree especially yeah. after all of the the weird stuff that was like surrounding um what's black, called? Adam. black adam i don't know yeah. they could have done something different i think <laughs>
0: yeah he's he's trying to regain that nice guy image again and it's like we know that these these celebrities they are all business people they all have teams that they have to answer to they're all doing their thing to you know get better roles and better positions in hollywood but when your brand is to be the nice guy to be mm-hmm. the, the gentle giant with a heart of gold it is very difficult to maintain that you know uh that image so i'm sure he'll get there again but right now I, uh, he's not quite there
1: yeah yeah i agree
0: Okay. but yeah good show
1: yeah it was good I enjoyed it uh, sh- let's look what else so the last of us ended yeah season one at least concluded yeah uh, did you feel like they I mean it, it stuck to the video game uh, like the original story but do you feel like they stuck the landing how do you feel about the series overall now that the first season has concluded
0: yeah, let's talk about it. So, you know, like, all right. We knew going in that they were going to have to be special dispensations, you know, little little caveats and allowances given to translating the game to a weekly episodic television show. Going in, we knew that was going to yeah. be the case. So, of course, um, yeah. when you didn't see them enter rooms that were just full of clickers and other type of, like, undead people, uh, you know, it was a little different than what you'd experience in the game. And that's because nobody would produce a television show where the characters are for an hour sneaking around the room, (laughs) picking up half-scissors, alcohol, and bandages, (laughs) and trying to make as little noise as possible
1: while hunking down. That's what I would like to see, obviously. (laughs) Jesus
0: i like to think that they filmed an entire six episodes worth of that going on. And that's all going to be on the Blu-ray uh, yeah. set. Like which DLC. To, uh, yeah, like <laughs> DLC. Which thanks to uh, Bradley uh, in our Discord for showing us the first images of the confirmed Blu-ray sets for The Last of Us. That's right. Physical media, baby.
1: All about that physical media. All about I it. I got to get it.
0: Yeah, I hope there's yeah, that, lots of
1: good bonus features, but either way, I want to own it, you know. Well,
0: speaking of bonus features, that's actually where I was going with my original thought before I decided to get stupid. So, mm. I appreciate the post show conversation with Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin, who um, are the showrunners, and of mm-hmm. course, uh, Neil Druckmann being the original creator of The Last of Us, the original writer for the series, uh, him and his team at Naughty Dog they were talking about the ins and outs and why they made certain choices that they made with the progression of the story. And they did yeah. it from a standpoint of, hey, we're talking to you, the gamer who has played through The Last of Us Part 1 and 2 and are very familiar with the story. Let's tell you why we went this direction and why we gave special focus to certain things over others. And I appreciated that. It was like a little mini podcast at the end of every episode. It was great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciated it too. I thought it was... Man, everything about this was so well done. And yeah. I think I had low expectations going into it, thinking it would be... I don't know. Because we've seen so many adaptations not work out. Mm-hmm. I had to go into it with low expectations, especially knowing it was my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> my favorite video game. And I... Uh, my fa- like you know, because my favorite comic book, the la- uh, Why the Last Man, of course, they both have last yeah. in the title, so I get confused. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that was adapted into a TV show. But like uh, from the get go, I had some issues with that. I didn't want it to be on FX. I, I thought that was a mistake. I th- I thought it should have been What the Last of Us is, which is a, a prestige HBO drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. And No offense to FX. They've made some great TV shows, but I did not think that was the right format for that story and you know so i i was kind of expecting that honestly i was expecting it to be good but not on the level that it was um i think they did a good job of paying fan service to the people who played the games while also creating a show that had a narrative that the casual viewer could go in and watch and not give a shit about video games and that's that's huge that's what you need to succeed and it feels like so many adaptations go one way or the other right they try to appeal to the large audience and they lose their core or vice versa they're trying to appeal to you know video game people and lots of others don't give a shit about that you know
0: (laughs) yeah and it was so cool to see um the different voice actors who played the characters in the game pop up in unique Mm -hmm. ways, you know, like if you're not paying attention, it's like, Oh, okay, this is an actor. This is a side character. That's cool. But if you're watching, it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe Troy Baker played this guy. And you know, they had Jeffrey Pearson as this character. That's pretty fun. You know? Um, Ashley was my favorite. Yeah. That was again, that was the cherry on top. The fact that one, we got something that wasn't in the game we got a moment that we hadn't experienced before too rumored.
1: That was rumored. D- we knew that there was DLC that they decided to not move forward with.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it was
1: rumored for years that it was about Ellie's mother, but mm-hmm. we didn't know. We weren't, yeah. it was never confirmed until this episode until it was shown.
0: Right. So since then, Neil Druckmann has come out and said, yeah, you know, we wanted to do something with her mom and her dad. Uh, we may still go back and do that, but we don't know what format yet. So That's exciting because you may see more of that on the show, or they may be teasing another game, which would also be cool. I'd be down with that.
1: My my hope is both. That's my ultimate hope is that we're going to get more content in the show and it might happen before the game. I don't know because of timing, but that we're going to get more of that fleshed out on the show and then we will also get a third game.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I hope, um, you know, you were talking about uh, Why the Last Man earlier. I hope that Sony learned a very important lesson from this because they've got other projects in the works as well. They have uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. They want to turn into a, a show on HBO. Um, oh. They also just started developing uh, God of War they're working on. They got to get the casting down for that one. Either way, people are going to complain, so I hope they just have fun with it. But, yeah. you know, you you look at the two shining examples of projects they put out. So they put out, of course, The Last of Us, which is phenomenal. But then they also put out Uncharted, which stuck up the box office. And, yeah. you know, I I know some people enjoyed it. It was fun it was, for what it was. But I didn't watch it. I mean, it I, was, on HBO. Well, you know, remember, it was on HBO.
1: Remember how, like, I I think it was like Seth Rogen or something was attached to that at one point, like writing it, I mean.
0: yeah, yeah. And he
1: was like, this is like impossible because it's just Indiana Jones. How do you not just write an Indiana Jones movie? Yeah. And I yeah. I feel that. Like it, that's that was the fun of playing Uncharted was that it was basically like you're playing Indiana Jones.
0: And that's not bad. I feel like, you know, a modern day young Indiana Jones could work, but they didn't think like that. They just said, "Hey, Tom Holland needs a project. Let's go ahead and put him in this."
1: Yeah, and I feel like he he can be young, but I felt like Tom Holland was too young for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I hope they learned a lesson when you get the creative team involved in developing the project, the folks that have loved these characters and who have seen them grow from, you know, inception to fruition, then you get stuff like the last of us and not uncharted.
1: Yes, that's very true. But I also think the last of us was a special case because at the same time it is Neil's story. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have one, pretty much one person doing the entirety of the story, you know, many, many people went into making the game, but Mm -hmm. it's at the end of the day, it's his story. And they, they had him be so heavily involved with the show. And that's why it worked as an adaptation that might not be as easy to do with other video game series moving forward. Well, you because, know, because like so many, you know, people are involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And I'm sorry for cutting you off. I I was going to say, I, I feel I'm glad that it didn't suffer from zombie fatigue um, because, you know, there, we just got done with so many seasons of The Walking Dead, the spinoffs, um, you know, the games associated with it. And, you know, we can say all day, these aren't zombies, they're cordyceps and all that stuff, but they read as zombies. So that's how people perceive them. Um, But, yeah, like there's been so much zombie content over the past decade or so, you know, you'd almost feel like people would be too burnt out to enjoy something like The Last of Us at face value. But turned out they were ready for it. And that's great.
1: Well, I think what really helps with that, too, is that they did not make them feel like regular zombies. Even in the video game, I didn't feel like it was a zombie video game. Like, they felt like monsters. Like yeah. their own thing. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Um,
0: it, I mean, when when describing it to people, I'd always call them zombies, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. I, I just... It's not that I didn't think of zombies, necessarily. It's just... It, I don't know. It just, it did feel different to me because I don't really give a shit about zombie genres. So Mm -hmm. I I guess maybe I just didn't associate it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, thinking back to when it came out on PS3 so many years ago, you know, we were ahead of the whole zombie mania wave in the U S. So, you know, it was a little bit different. And of course, you know, with, with everybody's mind on, you know, sickness and pandemics and all that stuff, It struck at the right time. The TV show did. It just, it really just hit all the right notes.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think, um, just a real quick, going back to the video game rumor, if they uh, decide to come out with The Last of Us Part 3, that would be the thing that would make me buy a PlayStation 5. I would, I would even, uh, I would even trade in my Xbox to make that happen. Oh man. Yeah, (laughs) I, I would find a way. Life would find a way because i'd have to i'd have to have it you know
0: yeah yeah we'd have to we'd have to use all the patreon money <laughs> just to get you a playstation just so you can play it because yes it's necessary you got yeah. to
1: that's what that's what the the patreon is for <laughs> emergency <laughs> ps5 fund <laughs> if there is a last of us part three
0: right right forget all those hosting fees and and the and the equipment fuck that nah, no fuck it's that. all about PS5 emergency fund. We'll
1: record on some tin cans. I don't give a shit.
0: That's right. <laughs> I'll dial you up on a old timey telephone. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you? <laughs> um. But yeah, that. Speaking of PS5. Yes. Kind of transition here into there's uh rumors of a PS5 Pro, which Ooh. as we know, like they've done this these little like half system upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um for a bit now so i guess it's reaching the point where that can be a thing aren't they still having issues stocking the ps5s though
0: no they're they're pretty much commonly available now um you know it's it's not the easiest thing to get but you know you can look around in a couple places and find one you don't have to use the resellers anymore if you're hard up good yeah yeah but as far as the ps5 pro goes like all right I've really been thinking about this a lot lately because Mm -hmm. I noticed that I go through waves where I use a certain console over another one. So now I'm kind of stuck on the, on the Xbox Mm -hmm. and it's as familiar as a comfortable sock to me because the user interface has pretty much been consistent uh, from the Xbox one X to the Xbox series X, whatever came in between there. You know what I'm saying? It's basically been the same since they hit this interface and it's just comfortable. It works. Everything you need is right there. You know where stuff is, but Mm -hmm. every time a new PlayStation comes out, they feel like they have to reinvent the wheel with how things work, you know? And there's certain aspects to it that I don't use the whole thing where they have um, segments in the game. Like, I don't even know if you are aware this is a feature, but if you're playing like a, a Sony developed game, and you're trying to get a certain achievement, there's a way that you can scroll to that achievement, click on it, and they'll start you in the area where you're trying to get this.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a way to do that. There's a way to... I wouldn't care about that, I don't
1: think. There's a way to
0: share your game with somebody else. You would have to log on to your PlayStation 5. They log into theirs. You click the share feature. And as long as your PlayStation 5 is on, they can play the game that you have on your console. It's like letting a friend borrow it long distance. It's cool. Okay. That's pretty cool. I've never done it. (laughs) Yeah. And all this stuff, what I'm saying is, all this stuff is at a sacrifice of things that you really do want to use. Like the apps are all just in one straight line. And if there's a game that you haven't played in quite some time and you want to get to, you got to, like, scroll all the way to the end of the line to get to your library. Ooh. And then go all the way down the alphabet. Where it's Xbox, just push the Xbox button and it's like, you're, you're right there. You yeah. can pin stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, I really like, I mean, I really like the Xbox. Um, those, I mean, <laughs> like, exclusive games like The Last of Us are the only reason um, I am very much still, like, you know, I still hold on to my PlayStation stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I still it's, have my PS4. It's still my favorite controller design, you know? Yeah. Like, they get that right every time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: they almost had one that looked like a boomerang at one point, and they decided not to.
1: Oh, I remember the boomerang. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That, that was an ugly-ass controller.
0: Yes, it was. That
1: might have been there. the ugliest <laughs> controller design I've ever seen.
0: So... Oh, there's one more thing. Yeah. The Xbox is a hardy system. It's a mm-hmm. fat brick. It is. It is thick. You can drop that thing. It'll be all right. Not that I've tested this out.
1: Yeah. But, don't don't listen to Matt. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't I mean, do
0: that. Don't test it out, please. And and don't write me if you do because I'm not responsible. We're not anyway, liable for that. Not at all. But what I'm saying is, it's like okay. So if there's a power outage, right, and you have both of yeah. the systems on. Yeah. Oh no, my Xbox turned off. I hope all my quick save and and all my resume games are still there, which that's another thing the Xbox does. If you're playing a game nine times out of 10, when you click on that game again, it'll just let you start where you were exactly. It doesn't have to load up the new game every time. It's like, oh yeah, this is where you were. Go for it, man. Like there's certain games that I've only seen the start screen for once because I would play it off and on over a couple months and it would just keep putting me back in there where I was. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So anyway, power outage happens. Xbox turns off. Oh, no. Turn it back on. Guess what? In 10 seconds, you're exactly where you were. Mm -hmm. PlayStation 5, power outage happens. That thing is going to pout. It's angry at you. It's like, (laughs) no, you can't turn off the PlayStation like that. And you get a little warning when it it turns back on. And it's got to reformat the hard drive. And it's like, oh, you better turn the controller back on yourself. I don't have the power to do so. And so... By the time that's all done, you're just playing the Xbox. You're yeah. tired of all that.
1: The only issues I've ever had with my Xbox have been like, my controller can get weird about connecting mm. to it sometimes. Sometimes I got to reboot it. Um, I don't know if that's like <coughs> something weird on my system or whatever, but like, it's very minor complaints. Like, it's a great system. I really love it. I would still recommend it to other people, you know?
0: Yeah, same. It's great. Because it's just solid. Yep. Solid is the best word for it. Exactly. It's solid. (laughs) So, yeah, if they do come out with a PS5 Pro, um, I don't really see a value in getting that um, myself, especially with them trying to sell the PSVR, which is the same cost as a new console. It seems greedy. And I feel like their resources would be better put in. Flushing out the PS5 that's already out.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I the only argument I could see made for a, a pro version would be if someone was right now debating getting a PS5, but they weren't like, I don't need it right away. This is rumored to come out at the end of 2024. So if you decided you wanted to wait for that version to see what differences they have in the pro um, I mean, as we know, like, for previous pro versions of the system, it's not mm-hmm. that big of an upgrade usually. So right. it's really a preference thing. Um, but you know, there there are usually some improvements that come along with the system like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it'll be like, I mean, I would guess it would be more compact or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: See, that's what Sony does. They do the triple dip, not just the double dip. The double dip would be just the the base system and the Pro, like Xbox does. They do the triple dip. They do the base system, the Pro, and then the mini. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate the mini because as these consoles get longer in tooth, it's like you don't want that behemoth taking up the entire space. And you want something that's a little bit more, again, sturdy. So you get the PS1 that just has the pop-up it doesn't have like the you know oh yeah the big body or anything like that you get the ps3 that's got the little slide panel instead of like feeding a disc into it manually okay. and having it lovingly caress the cd into the drive no you just want something that gets you there and sony's good at that i'll give them that they're good at making those mini consoles
1: yeah yeah absolutely i agree
0: now I am curious when we're going to see an upgrade to the switch because yeah, they put out that OLED version a couple years ago, but we haven't seen a substantial like announcement from Nintendo about the next generation of system. And I I think they're stumped. I think they're stumped at this point because they, they, they hit the ball out the park with the switch. It's like the best of both worlds. You get the Wiimotes and you get the sturdiness of a home console without having to worry about, you know, people trying to steal their games or whatever
1: yeah and like a perfect portable console that has like an amazing amazing graphics like on it you know so yeah it's it's really difficult i don't know what they're gonna do either yeah um they i don't think there's it doesn't seem like there's anything in the works either
0: no i don't get that vibe from them it's like the games barely go on sale, and when they do, it's only by $10. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still selling special uh, collector's editions of the systems that have are, Pokemon etching on them.
1: Yeah, are there plans for any big game releases other than Zelda soon? Because like, oh. I know that's coming out. That's going to be the next like big game, but what else is there?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's coming up fairly soon. That's like April, May, so get yeah, ready for that. fuck yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, they well, they still they promised us Metroid Prime Four. They haven't made any announcements about that. Okay, but they just released Metroid Prime Remastered, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, shout out to Iron Galaxy here in Chicago that worked on that, made it all shiny and new, and everybody loves it. Nice, um, did a great job. So hopefully they'll get to you know co-produce and work on Metroid Prime Four with them but yeah they've been talking about this forever for at least three years now and we got nothing so it's it's out there but no uh no release date
1: Yeah,
0: and there's always a new pokemon on the horizon
1: (laughs) okay yeah pokemon aside like yeah you know that's that's the thing that i'm like and they're not gonna i don't think they're gonna release a game like zelda and then announce a new system so i'm just like i don't you know, unless that's, unless they're kind of in, like, their swan song games, kind of like, um, oh, God, what was the, the last PS4 game that was, like, really big?
0: Oh, I don't remember. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I know they're still releasing
1: games on the PS4, but, like.
0: The last one that was, like, the game. It, might it have been was God the game War. that
1: was kind of, like, that's the swan song
0: of the system. I feel like it was God of War, because they came out with, like, a special edition God of War PS4. Mm-hmm. which Mm -hmm. I ended up getting because my PS4 was going uh, it was dying Mm -hmm. Um, but with Zelda Zelda games sometimes tend to be that transitional game from system to system for instance uh, Twilight Princess was a transition from um, what was it what was it GameCube to Wii yeah you know so I feel like they do they do a safe Zelda game they do like an experimental Zelda game
1: Mm-hmm.
0: like we'll get a twilight princess but then we'll get a skyward sword we'll get a breath of the wild but then we'll get a hyrule Hyru warriors you know mm-hmm. there's always like a little a little something they want to get crazy with uh with link so yeah who knows yeah.
1: yeah i guess we'll have to see but that i'm curious about that as well like where are they going moving forward
0: yeah me too i'm gonna buy it either way it's nintendo i can't deny <laughs> that you know it's I just one of those see. things
1: because they're they're not always a hit for me i've admitted that in the past
0: i'm so disappointed that we never got any follow-up material to mario odyssey because that game was like the perfect mario game it was so
1: fucking good and i've been waiting for a sequel for that forever and like it's just not gonna happen so whatever (laughs) i
0: guess (sighs) i mean they really teased us too because they were like oh yeah we're putting luigi in it and he's gonna come down on balloons and give you missions and that's it goodbye all the best mm-hmm. thing, yeah. So I don't know. I hope they, I hope they come back to that world eventually because that was a lot of fun. They better, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll share news with that as as it comes along, of course. So, um, back to a little bit of entertainment news. Did you see what's going to happen with League of Their Own?
1: I saw this and I was kind of surprised. Yeah, me too. I thought this was like a hit.
0: I thought so too. I mean everybody was talking about it over this over the summer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe we're in a gay echo chamber.
0: That's a possibility. I could see that being the case. <laughs> <laughs> we just know a lot of cool motherfuckers that love this show. But Oh
1: no, we're in the lesbian echo chamber again.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's a great fucking show. And it was it was very entertaining, well written, funny, well filmed. I got no complaints. I got no notes great show but i still haven't seen it <laughs> wait you haven't seen it oh shit <laughs> i forgot
1: about it i forgot i'm i'm terrible
0: mm, it's your fault it's getting canceled no it's not getting canceled it's fine I don't they're getting whatever they've decided to give it a second season but monkey's paw it's only four <laughs> episodes long that's awful yes <laughs> There's a lot to wrap up in four episodes. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Yeah, I don't really it must be an expensive show. There's no other explanation I can think of for that because yeah, it seems I, I, like it did pretty well. Um and what is Amazon doing? Maisel's ending yeah. next month. Um what do they have? They just ended that Orlando Bloom show which oh. took fucking years to come back and then they what ended they,
0: it, you know. What do after. they have? They have The Boys. They have oh invincible. God,
1: yeah, they have the boys.
0: They're going they're going brosky now. They're like, all right, that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's enough of the LGBTQ. I feel
1: like we're forgetting something. Don't they have another show?
0: Mm, mm. Nothing's coming to mind. And you know what? No. That's bad for them. <laughs> no, else. like
1: that's that's really surprising, you know? Uh yeah. um. but
0: yeah. I, it's it's sporadic. And I feel like if if it weren't for the success of the boys and invincible, I feel like they would move away from you know their proprietary streaming um, originals, I should say.
1: Yeah, I could see that because they're not doing as well.
0: They're um, not the first on everybody's mind when it comes to streaming services.
1: No, no, I think that uh, I don't know. Like, I wonder if they are kind of like, all right, we're doing these, and we're not really going to do a lot of Amazon originals anymore.
0: Oh um, yeah, after. they got Jack Ryan. That's right. I forgot about Jack Ryan.
1: Is that show doing
0: well, though? I guess. Oh, fuck, the Lord of the
1: Rings. No, they put a lot of money into that.
0: That's probably why. That's what it is. They put all that money in the fucking Lord of the Rings and Legends of Vox. I fucking knew what
1: I was forgetting. This Daisy Jones and the sixth show, which I have been watching, uh, Mm. that's doing super well for them. Uh, That's not going to be multiple seasons unless they change shit up from the original source material. But
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bosch is, it a, is it an amazon original i know a <laughs> lot of old men watch that uh yeah they've made they, some good
1: stuff there's some good stuff some good in stuff. here
0: yeah. yeah but it's not memorable stuff oh they bought back uh the expanse for the sci-fi hits oh yeah they yeah. bought that back from the dead i forgot about that.
1: those are like, i almost don't count because it's like you're kind of picking up something else oh yeah they've got the jack reacher tv show
0: which You're I always welcome. get confused with Jack Ryan. It's the same They've thing. Got both. You know, it's that's it wasn't why they call Donald it Reacher
1: producing... instead of Jack Reacher in the new show, I think. Jack Reacher. Yeah.
0: What's Reacher for Jack? Anyway, yeah. So they got some stuff. And all of these things are pulling away from our beloved a league of their own. So that's mm-hmm. gonna end season two, four episodes only.
1: <sighs> totally sucks. At yep. least they're getting that where they can conclude the story. Um, maybe there'll be longer episodes, too.
0: Yeah, they, they'd have to be. I can't imagine it'd be like a half hour and just out.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully that'll be the case. That sucks, though. I, it is. It has been on my list to watch, but there are so many shows.
0: There's you so know, it reminds shows. me of um, how they did Sense8 <laughs> over at Netflix. Oh, yeah. It was a show everybody was talking about, and they just unceremoniously canceled it. And that was it.
1: Yeah. I I feel like that. I don't know. Netflix always, always insists that when they cancel a show that they're canceling it because it doesn't have the ratings. It doesn't have viewership. Mm. So that does make me question the echo chamber thing, or is it popular amongst us, you know, in our Mm -hmm. circles, but not necessarily overall popular. That said, how is the show going to get popular if you're canceling it after two seasons?
0: That's true, and there's it's- also a larger conversation to be had about how the uh, the budgets for these shows have just gotten astronomical.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's you not know? easy to sustain a show that costs a shit ton of money.
0: Yeah. I mean, for as much crap that we give Doctor Who about their dated special effects and, Mm -hmm. you know, the fucking robots that have a whisk and a plunger on the front of them, um, (laughs) they keep it tight. They keep a tight ship. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They keep coming back. So I am interested to see how they play with that Disney money, though. That's going to spoil us like that. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) Plus, they got David Tennant. That couldn't have been cheap, you know, bringing him back. Oh,
1: when does wait. that come back?
0: Oh, I don't know. You know how they're, they're very vague about their premiere dates. You know, it's either Christmas or- They are. Or... All of a sudden,
1: they're like, and we're back. And it's just yeah. there. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay.
0: <laughs> like, it's already filmed and done. Yeah. But it's either coming out at Christmas or sometime between now and uh, when Jesus returns. And that's yeah. it. That's all we get. Yeah. So good luck. Hopefully, we see it before we die. <laughs> But yeah, sad news about League of Their Own. Abby Jacobson is going to keep working, though. She's very talented. You know, Um, I can't remember her name, but she played Janet on, uh, <laughs> on The Good Place. Oh,
1: but oh. Um, Darcy Carden. Darcy, yeah, yeah.
0: She got a chance to really shine and show her range on this show, too. And I'm telling you, whatever they put her in next, she's really going to shine, too. She's great. She did a great job.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, It's been on my list. I will get around to it. Yep. Eventually. I think
0: you will enjoy it. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it, man. We got we got, we got, one story left. Oh, yeah. What's this about? Okay. Okay. It's a debate as old as time. It's <laughs> something that, you know, re, we were snacking nuts. We discuss uh, in dark corners, late nights at the bar. Is a boneless chicken wing just a fancy chicken nugget? Yes. And well, that's one person's (laughs) opinion. Some would disagree. (laughs) But this man has sued, arguably the number one purveyor of boneless wings, Mm -hmm. Buffalo Wild Wings, claiming that the boneless wings are just chicken nuggets. That's right. The plaintiff claims the chicken chain is engaging in false and deceptive marketing and advertising by listing it on the menu as boneless wings. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> but I, mean, I don't you know really you know how getting... they
1: get away with calling wings like boneless wings, boneless wings. They mm-hmm. are like chicken tenders or chicken nuggets. That they're not wings.
0: Yeah, they, they, and-
1: they're not part of the wing, you know, of the bird. <laughs> they're still chicken. Right. But it does seem like a um, it does seem like an almost deceptive thing to upcharge. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is frivolous
0: or mm. not. It's not frivolous, but the timing is a little suspicious, a little odd, you know. Um <laughs> Why? And not, not, not for any particular reason just because of how long this has been a oh, thing right yeah. so growing up you know the first time i heard about a boneless wing i was like oh that's exciting that's really yeah. great because the worst part of the wing is having to pull the bone out and yeah. also every single time you get a boneless wing it's fried it's not baked it's not broiled it's not you know fried yeah. without breading it's fried with breading so it's like yes this is what i want and then for a long time you know, in your adolescence, you're like, yes, boneless wing, boneless wing, boneless wing, until you get to be an adult and you you come to reacquire, reacquaint yourself with the wing and the bone. And and you you realize that the flavor is tied into the bone sometimes. And so mm-hmm. you go back to the bone. You go the bone in route as an yeah. adult. As someone of class and of tenure, <laughs> you go back to the bone in. So yeah, I agree. I understand. I get it. But, I mean... Buffalo Wild Wings, that's their bread and butter. That's confusing. That's their cash cow. That's even (laughs) more confusing. Anyway, they make a lot of money on boneless wings. So (laughs) I get them wanting to to hold on to that. It's a gimmick. It's always been a gimmick. But I feel like it's a gimmick that was like it was started by a few restaurants, just kind of like any tizers, you know how they say that and Mm -hmm. appetizers and all that bullshit. Yeah. So they got in on that and they're like, well, we're just going to call them boneless wings until it became like just a known thing. Like these are boneless wings. They're just adjacent to the wing though. It's breast meat. It's just adjacent. So I feel like that's how they try to get away with the explanation. Like if it's white meat, it's still technically wing meat. So I I actually
1: don't care. Like, I I, I think boneless (laughs) wings are fine. I'm cool with it. Like I like wing sauce. I like, you know, chicken, whatever, you know. Um although recently, side note, um we've been basically vegetarians at home. Okay. So, we've been getting like Impossible meat and Impossible chicken nuggets and stuff like that. Shit is good. I can't even tell the mm. difference, man.
0: Yeah. Like the Impossible offerings that are supposed to be chicken-esque, they do a great job with that. I'll I'll agree with that definitely. Yeah. Uh, the beef too. Really? Yeah. It's been a while since I've tried any, like, beef uh, meat substitutes, so I'll have to revisit that.
1: We we got the, like, we had, like, meatballs and stuff just the other day with them. It's like, we could not tell a difference.
0: Ooh. Oh, you know what? Chorizo. They do a good job with chorizo.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll have to it just try crumbled. that something. Yeah.
0: You know, like, when I was really trying to eat healthy, healthy, like, that, that meatless chorizo was really good. But it was expensive, you know?
1: yeah we're it is expensive um we we don't we've been trying to do like you know more beans and meals and stuff like that. just different types of meals so it's not like we have to have meat with every meal so it kind of works out um at least so far to like because it's like okay yeah there is meat in this one you know spaghetti and meatballs meal or whatever but like then the next night we don't have any meat at all or even like a meat substitute you know what i mean
0: yeah so yeah So I just want to, I want to read you a little bit of this, uh, I want to read you a little bit of the suit.
1: Yeah.
0: It it says, and I quote, unbeknownst to plaintiff and other consumers, (laughs) the products are not wings at all, but instead slices of chicken breast meat, deep fried like wings. (laughs) Indeed, the products are more akin, uh, indeed, indeed, the products are more akin in composition to a chicken nugget rather than a chicken wing. Had plaintiff and other consumers known that the products are not actually chicken wings, they would have paid less for them or would not have purchased them at all. Therefore, Okay,
1: (laughs) this person is fucking stupid if they did not understand that. Continue. I'm sorry
0: I interrupted. (laughs) I'm I'm almost done. Therefore, plaintiff and consumers have suffered injury. What? In fact, as a result of defendants' deceptive practices. (laughs) Now, look. I get that the great debate is, is a boneless wing actually a wing? And the answer is no. But if somebody puts a boneless wing in your mouth, you're not injured.
1: No. the only taste way buds that, are The only way that would be deceptive was if it wasn't chicken and they were lying about it being chicken. It's
0: right. It's chicken.
1: Right. It's fine.
0: I mean, I think somebody needs to, f- like, fucking sue those people that replace your coffee with Folgers crystals because that... That's outrageous.
1: Right. That's a thing you could, you could make a better argument for. But yeah.
0: Marriages I like have the, ended. the idea
1: of injury. What if you show up and you're like, you have like a neck brace on because you <laughs> ate a boneless
0: wing? <laughs> the neck brace. Yes. You know, we're too worried about whether or not boneless wings are actually wing meat. And we should be worried about ice cream companies putting ranch dressing in ice cream we should be concerned about i saw that
1: and i i'm ready i'm ready for the aliens to end it all i'm I'm ready just you know annihilate us
0: it's fine when we were growing up the ninja turtles were putting like jelly beans and fucking Brussels sprouts and like shallots and scallops on pizza and such and we're like oh those are such crazy flavors what wild characters these ninja turtles are but here we are human beings in real life skin and bones putting ranch dressing and mac and cheese flavor in our ice cream. Somebody ended. That's it. This It's, done.
1: it's because all these goddamn adults grew up with those fucking ninja turtles influencing them.
0: Shout out to turtle soup.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe the turtles are a bad influence. I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe we shouldn't follow these teenagers into the darkness.
0: You know, teenagers you know? eat some weird shit. Um, We should also mention, I guess, uh, you know, it's not our beat. However, we talked about Seth Rogen earlier. He has announced the voice cast for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and it is substantial. It is a deep bench of Hollywood Mm -hmm. comedy legends, uh, modern day. You know, they ain't got like archived audio from rodney dangerfield or anything like that but they got <laughs> like you know hannibal burris is on there they got paul rudd of course seth rogan himself um a whole lot of people but for the main turtles they got four teenage kids who sound like teenagers to do these yeah. characters, and i think that's going to be the magic touch for this movie i think this is what's going to make it a mashup of stranger things and the ninja turtles toy line and i say toy line specifically because all those actors that I mentioned before are going to be playing those characters who appeared once or twice on like the cartoon show in mm-hmm. order for them to get their own action figure in the toy line, <laughs> you know, right. we got Mondo to Gecko. Justify it. Right. Mondo Gecko, uh, Manta Ray, Genghis frog, you know, characters like that. So. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for that. It looks pretty cool. It's got like a, it's got that kind of jerky stop motion like um, Mm spider-verse yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah should be good should be entertaining you know i i'm impressed by how the ninja turtles franchise can always refresh itself without too much blowback from the fans like they're ready they're ready for the next one
1: yeah i agree they are pretty pretty positive overall which is fun yeah Yeah. that's nice (laughs) i think it looks i think it looks good
0: yeah, yeah, I do too. So, and I mean, Seth Rogen—he's—he's he's on a roll lately, with all his shows that he's been producing: Preacher, The Boys, Invincible, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, ashtrays. So he's doing great. <laughs> it's all the weed. It helps. You know,
1: if that's the lesson of the day, kids, it's that. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't,
0: don't, don't do that. I mean, we lost the we lost the real one though. Not not to death, but to giving up smoking. Kevin Smith is. Put it down.
1: I mean, that was probably a wise decision. Seth Rogen is... is yeah. um, There's nothing wrong... Not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Kevin Smith, but I feel like Seth Rogen, for him, um, it's always been a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And he seems very... Um, he is present. doing a lot of work. Very present. Very, yeah. like, very heavily involved. And Kevin Smith can get derailed a lot, it seems. So... Maybe that's a good thing for him to take a break from smoking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think if you do have a way of, of you know, recreationally enjoying yourself, whether it be smoking yeah. any type of substance or imbibing alcohol, whether it be wine or beer or hard liquor, it's nice to take a break from time to time to check in with yourself and see what type of person you are without that substance yeah, and then determine if you want to continue to enjoy that substance or not, or you know maybe less. Um, it's it's just good to check in with yourself with that sort of thing, just so yeah. you you don't lose yourself in that.
1: I I quit drinking for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. and then I start drinking again a little bit, and by a little bit I mean like a glass of wine, maybe two, over yeah. the like over the course of like a couple of weeks. And then I just stopped again, and I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't since. So, you know, yeah, I was like, eh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I just don't care about it. I think I'm just kind of done with it altogether.
0: I've always had um, a delicate relationship with alcohol, and yeah. this isn't going to be a weird, <laughs> sad story, guys. But you know, there's just been people in my life who have uh, relied heavily on drinking from time oh, to time. Same. And I've seen the effect that it had on them and it had on people that care about them. And, you know, I know good times are associated with it and I've had some of those good times before myself, but there's also some, some bad times associated with it too. And, you know, that, that does affect uh, my judgment or my choices, I should say, when it comes to, uh, you know, drinking on a, on a weeknight or, you know, being the whiskey drinker that all the voiceover actors say I should be to really just kind of like refine that baritone voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I'm not against it, but it just, it's not something that I, I feel, um, you know, motivated to do.
1: Yeah. My, my adulthood has very much made me realize that alcoholism was very prevalent. Um, in both my both of my parents' lives, mm. in different ways. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna try to not do that, you know, not not let that uh, be too much of a thing.
0: And that's fine that's fine i'm sorry i didn't mean to leave you hanging that much oh no it's good and it Um, it
1: works it works for me too like um you know kayla doesn't drink a lot when she does it doesn't bother me you know we go out and has like a drink with a meal it's fine um you know i'm in an environment where it's not a big deal so it's it's perfectly fine
0: yeah yeah same You know, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed enough to have friends too, that don't feel the need to be that type of friend that are like, come on, have one, you know, that type of friend. So, you know, I'm lucky in that regard. I've still got some coworkers like that, but, um, I am not one to hesitate just saying no.
1: Once again, the older you get, the more you realize a lot of people are like high functioning alcoholics. Very true. It's scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got tales. I won't embarrass anybody. Yeah, yeah, my, my, well, at a hypothetical workplace that I may have worked at once upon a time. Mm -hmm. I won't embarrass In
1: the 90s.
0: Yeah, yeah. Back in the 90s, I had a successful job (laughs) with alcoholics. Anywho, I'm getting tired. So let's wrap this up.
1: No worries. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: Hey, we appreciate you. We do. We definitely do. Thank you guys for giving us an excuse to have a fun conversation once a week for you guys. Thank you for your patience. You know, we we took a week off there. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, but you guys have been great um, checking in on us and being active in the Discord and really just being a plus people. So thank you, listeners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you want to join our Discord, you can go to patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. Any tier of Patreon contributions gets you mm-hmm. access to the Discord where we talk about lots of cool things. Right now we have a whole vinyl chat. We're talking about records because Matt got into record collecting. And um, I have been tempted by a great many things today. I actually did buy a record today.
0: I pre- you did. It was, it was fancy and colorful.
1: Yes, it is. I've been looking for that record for a very long time. They have not repressed it. it I has, must say. It's not available. It's hundreds of hundreds of dollars.
0: For the I must say, album. your enthusiasm has been very fun to behold and has been a great motivator for me to get into the hobby as well. I took a moment this weekend. Uh, Dee and I had a few days off of work. Mm-hmm. And we really got to spend some time together and remind one another why we're married and That's just awesome. why we're best friends and everything. And it just felt good to spend time together. But I digress. We spent some time during that period um listening to one of the records that uh we got and mm-hmm. it was just fun. It was just fun yeah. just kicking back and looking at the liner notes and everything. Um it's a good feeling. It's a good vibe. Real good vibe.
1: Yeah. It definitely is. It's a nice way to unwind. It definitely, or you know, it's something you could do while you're doing other things, cooking dinner, whatever. Like, it's it's nice.
0: Yeah, and you know, if you're if you're one of those people that worries about getting stuck on the couch when you're hanging out too long and Mm -hmm. just relaxing, you have to get up because you gotta flip that some bitch over. You gotta flip it. (laughs) You gotta flip it.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So twenty twenty-one minutes, you gotta flip it.
0: (laughs) Get on Patreon.com/slash Lex and Matt. Hook up with us get on the discord i'm gonna post tonight what two records i got first Ooh. shouldn't be a surprise to anybody everybody who's in there already knows what it is but i will post pictures as proof so you can see what we got and what i we still want to
1: see pictures i want to see your little setup i want to see your record player and stuff that's awesome
0: yeah it's a little it's 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 adorable you'll like yeah it. it's it's fun it's nice
1: <laughs> remember you got to store those babies up upright
0: ah yes i have one of those ikea uh shelves that's like Perfect. the cube so, mm-hmm. it's the perfect size for vinyl and Great. Uh, comic books, uh, graphic novels. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Store them upright. Something good. Well. You.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Treat you right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, more vinyl talk next week. Thank you, folks, for listening. I'm Matt Peters.
1: And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Yeah.
0: yeah